Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. Welcome back, Zen friends. This is another episode for you, Social Ketchup. I really liked how I brought everyone into that one. That was really good in my mind. (laughs) If it didn't hit for you, that's okay. But I'm Brittany Swan, and we're so happy. And I'm joined with Shannon Kessler. We are so glad you guys are joining us for another edition of Social Ketchup, where if you are a fan of the Kardashians, this episode is going to be for you. If this is not up your alley, We've got other things to talk about, but just going to let you know, they've just been in the, in the headlines this week. And our job in Social Ketchup is to bring you what's in the headlines. So everyone is watching with like eyes like this, like all eyes are exclamation points. All eyes are all caps. So I just can't <laughs> yes. understand. Like, I mean, we have to talk about it. I mean, it's filling not only our social media, but our table discussions with our friends. So I love talking about it because I think that we give a little bit of a different insight, but also like it's juicy. It is. There's a lot going on. Things got super messy this week and we're going to, we're going to touch on that here in a minute, but we do have some breaking news that came in late last night. Not that we're TMZ or anything, but I'm not going to lie. I do have notifications turned on when they pop up. I get notified (laughs) and we got word that Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley have called it quits. And according to the rumors, she just felt very neglected and that he just really wasn't into the relationship. You know, I feel like this checks out. I do too. She she also was like, he he prioritized his football career. And I'm like, you know, that's a, it's kind of should it's professional athlete. That's his job. Probably going to prioritize a really, you know, his career, but I don't know. Is he retiring? Did I hear this? I don't know. I think there were rumblings about him retiring. So I don't know if, um, you know, if if that's going to happen or not, but I I agree with you. Like he's playing Xbox. Like, I mean, geez, like, what do you expect? Like, I mean, you know, I feel like he's, he's, he's trying to do the things and yeah. And you knew this going in, you knew he was super passionate about football. He guides a team. He's a super, he's a leader, but also I think that, you know, he's never really been like a, I mean, like a full on serious relationship, like, like this publicly, right? Like the the last relationship he was in before Shailene was Danica Patrick. And that was a pretty public relationship between those two, but it was also two sports figures. So it's kind of like, Hey, look, we're on even playing fields. We kind of know like what the other one's going through. Got that. And then the one before that was Olivia Munn. I loved that relationship the most. that. That was my favorite that she had been involved with. I thought this was it. Uh, but I, you know, things just don't work out sometimes. And maybe there was talks about, I, I feel like that one, like she was ready to have a baby and he didn't want to grow the family or, you know, I think there were some rifts between families at some point too, that I remember reading about. But um, as far as relationships go, I do think this one was an odd one to begin with. I never, I never saw this as like, huh. Yeah, that hit. Mm-mm. I feel like it was more of like a PR stunt from the beginning. And I don't know if you remember this or not, Brittany, but last year, they were both at Derby and there were pictures of her at Derby and she looked miserable. 
And I was like, this is Aaron's, like, the first weekend in May, you know Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the city of Louisville enjoying the most stylish and fastest two minutes in sports. He's going to be at the Derby. That's just what he does. And she just looked like she did not get two shits to be here. And I was like, girl. She did look like she was at a poetry reading. I know. She's like, why am I here? And I'm like, I don't know. Go. Get on out. I don't know. I'm like, drink your mint julep and shut your mouth. Yeah. Just stop. Stop it. (laughs) I will say, how captivating must Olivia Munn be? Right? For these kinds of men. I mean, like, I... I just like her re- man resume. I'm like, damn girl, like you get it. Like I'm I, captivated by what's her opening Munn. line. <laughs> I mean, I know her opening line is probably her face, but like after that, like what, what is she saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> is she like Medusa, but like with sexiness? Like, and just I think so. Yes. I am. I am here for it. I just want to, I just, that's my question yeah. to her. I mean, I think she's great. I've always loved her. And yeah. yeah. You know, she's she's an interesting um, she's an interesting personality based upon what we've been able to see in the media. Again, I don't know her personally, but the one that she puts out there, I'm like, ooh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd watch. I'd watch the reality series. I'd, I mean, she, I'd watch her make chicken. Like, I would watch it because I'm like, because I bet she does all very well. She was great in the, all the Lego movies too, <sighs> right? She just, you know, I think that's why I like people sometimes more when I get to hear their voice without their face. And then I just associate this personality with them that probably doesn't exist, but in my head it does. Agreed. So that's probably why. That's probably it. Yeah. We have another update. We do have another update. This one's a little bit more on the sad side, but also, wow. Wow. So we do have an update in the Bob Saget um, trauma. It looks like the autopsy has indicated that the injury ruptured veins in the space between the membrane covering the brain and the brain itself, causing blood to pool and compress critical areas. Mm. So um, the initial injuries were uh, included as posterior scalp abrasions, subglial hemorrhage, sorry if I'm butchering that, discoloration in the upper and lower eyelids due to skull fracture, subdermal hematoma, and subarachnoid hemorrhage. Now, all of those are words that I did. I was like, I don't know. What does any of that mean? So I kept reading. And there's a Dr. Gavin Britz, who is the chair of neurosurgery at Houston Methodist Hospital, said that, quote, this is significant trauma. This is something I find with someone with a baseball bat to the head or has fallen from 20 or 30 feet. Whew. So pointing out that the autopsy, autopsy described fractures to thick parts of the skull as well as to bones in the roof of the eye socket. If you fracture your orbit, you are in significant pain. So this is, they're saying like, you know, this is. He could have just gone to sleep. That's right. What they're yeah. They're like, that, that would be very unlikely that you would have this much pain and you just wanted to lay down and like, let it go away. Um, right. So it, it did come out that he had clozapan and benzoid pine. Again, sorry, not good with these names. Used to treat panic attacks and prevent seizures and trednisone and antidepressant were detected in his system. There was no indication that these medications contributed to Saget's death, as the autopsy report said. Um, but the doctors are speaking with the Times and said that the drugs could make someone sleepy, however, and potentially contribute to a fall, which, okay, that that could check out. But again, going back to what the other doctor said at the 
you know, head of neurosurgery, he's like, know if that kind of impact is going to come from like a self-inflicted fall. Right. So on Tuesday, Saget's widow, Kelly Rizzo, along with his three daughters, filed a lawsuit against Florida's Orange County Sheriff John Mina and the District 9 Medical Examiner's Office to prevent further details from investigation into his death from being released. The publication of further information, quote, would use irreparable harm to the form of extreme mental pain, anguish, and emotional distress to to the family. In response to the lawsuit, the Orange County Sheriff told Newsweek, while we are sensitive to the family's concerns about the right to privacy, that must be balanced with our commitment to transparency, compliance with the law, and the public's right to know. Ooh, I don't like that last part. Yeah. I don't like the last part. We we actually, I, I don't believe that we have any right to know. I am intrigued. Uh, of course, like we do make this a, a large part of our lifestyle to know different things about pop culture, but I have zero right to know. And, um, and I would be behind them to pursue the lawsuit. I don't, I don't believe that. So that's unfortunate. I am intrigued more about these, the drugs that were in his system, you know, although yes, they probably didn't contribute to his overall death, but wow. Um, that's so conflicting to what we reported last week that their alcohol and drugs did not play a part. And we're like, and now more is coming out. It just goes to show you, there's just always so much more to everything. Cause it did seem kind of wonky last week. We said offline, we're like, it's just weird, but I mean, okay. At least there's answers. So yeah. And I'm not, these things happen. So, but wow. Honestly, like we did get um, a DM from a, a Zen friend who, you know, heard the episode and was like, you know, I wanted to share a, a story about a family member that did have some head trauma. And it was a, a, a child at the time um, who had gotten hit. Uh, they were at like a camp or something and there was a head injury. And just out of precaution, the father took the son to get looked at. And they were so glad that he did because he had a lot more swelling and damage than they would have ever known had they not gotten them checked out. So like that in that as instance, that precaution saved that boy's life and, you know, with, from potential, you know, or even potential further damage. So, you know, I, I remember seeing like a lot of people being really up in arms of like, this can't be how he died. You don't just hit your head and, you know, and have an injury. Yes, you can, you know, yeah. hit your head and have like a substantial injury about it. However, I do think it's interesting that again, I always think the brain injuries are always so interesting because like little impact versus big impact and like what that does, you know, um, and how much protection can your skull really have against your brain and like all these kind of things. Um, so I think it's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Different points of contact and pressure. Absolutely. So it's interesting. And I'm, I'm curious if, if there was a big fall, like if these abrasions are happening, like, did they not see that in the beginning of the investigation or was it like that he was that not something they even looked for i mean for there to be that much swelling in the back of your eyes too like that's a lot of brain swelling that's going to cause you know i just think the information damage like that so and i agree with your point Brittany. um it you know i am curious i'd like to know but again i i understand and 100 percent respect the family's wishes to have you know privacy during this and we were talking offline about this but if it were me and, you know, we had a famous family that was in the media and something happened to one of my family members, I would want to keep that private and out of, out of light because it would make it so much harder for that grieving and that healing process to begin. If I'm constantly seeing 
images of my loved one or, you know, reports about a death or like whatever that information is, it would just make it so much harder to take the next steps on in healing. If I'm constantly looking and reminded in the public eye, getting everyone's opinions, getting so many people asking questions about like, how did this happen? And what do you know? And all this kind of stuff, you know, I'm with you. Like I stand with the family on this and I'm like, gosh, like just give them privacy and when, and if we get final resolution, we get it. But if not, then. Okay. Yeah. We have to live with mysteries. I think we live with mysteries all the time. I mean, what the hell is crop circled, but I really want to get to like one other point because you know, when things get, everything gets recycled sometimes like stories get recycled. So, and it, all it takes is like one other kind of tidbit that could link this story. So maybe full house gets discussed and then Bob Saget is brought back into the news headline. So then it recycles. So it's not just like, Oh, well, you know, it'll, it'll, it, this story will die. It, it doesn't really ever die if it's that controversial or if it's that, if it could be so much of a big headline that it's almost like um, when Michael Jackson died, like sometimes they always go through like, and most notably he used the pop artist to da, 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 and they eat, they, they probably say something positive and along with something negative. Right. I think this would be one of those instances where it's like Bob Saget, most notable, lovable dad on full house and also died of a drug overdose. It, I'm just giving an example. He didn't, but yes. So you're saying. that's why I, I, if I was the family, yes, I would fight for that, but, um, still very intrigued, mm-hmm. but yes, I agree with their fight. So, yeah. And obviously now that, that more stuff is coming out, it does seem very suspicious. Um, but hopefully, hopefully there was no foul play. That's the only thing that, that you know, they did somewhat rule that out initially, but I'm like, were they covering something up? Yeah. I don't know. I, again, it's just so interesting to, to know. Um, I, I I'm curious, like I, you know, I have one of those minds that I'm like, Ooh, if you fall 20 to 30 feet like that, I mean, he's a pretty tall dude, right? He's like six, seven, six, eight. Like he's pretty tall. So like, I mean, he just looks tall. I bet, I bet he's probably like, you know, cause Hollywood actors are usually pretty short. So I'm sure that he's probably like six, two, six, three. I'll look it up. Okay. All right. Look on that. Um, so I mean, that's like four times your, your height to fall down. So like that, again, that's a long way to go for you just to fall, you know, next to, or maybe, I don't know, maybe he did hit his head like on a, on the bathtub or something like that. Like, you know, that could make a lot of sense on that, you know, kind of trauma. And if he's, you know, under taking these medications, which he's prescribed to take, and he's doing this for, you know, his, his health benefits, uh, you know, if that's making him more of like a sedentary state. So like, you know, that could check out, like, I could see that being like a pretty, you know, that even if it's six feet to the back of the, you know, bathtub, that's a pretty substantial long way to go. Like, you know, six that four, by the way, he's six, four. He's six, four. Okay. It's a, still a tall dude. So yeah, still really tall. So hmm, I don't know. I don't know. So, well, you know, we're also not going to get any more questions or any more answers right away from another headline that just seems to keep popping up in and out of the headlines this week. And that is Mr. Kanye West. You cannot keep up with the Kardashians. And let me just tell you again, I said it before in the beginning, if you don't love the Kardashians, either skip through this part or come back next week. Maybe we'll talk about something else. I don't know. And I'm coming in hot on this because my husband today came to me and said, babe, I love you. And I love our neighbor. But oh, you guys spend way too much time talking about the Kardashians. And immediately I said, well, then, Dan, this episode's not for you. 
Keep it moving. <laughs> I love that comeback. <laughs> I'm like, it is social ketchup, babe. We're not talking about things that are going to change your life. We are giving you the what's in the headlines so that you don't have to go through the headlines yourself. Like, this is just, you know, he's like, but is this impacting your life? I'm like, not really. No, it's not. Not personally, no. But you know what? We are going to be talking about the fact that there are mental health issues at stake that we do need to talk about. And we do need to talk about how do we keep people safe from this kind of stuff. So I'm like, we'll we'll bring it full circle, Dan, but step on back for a hot minute. Let us talk about the Kardashians because they have been in the news all week and we can't not talk about it. So, Oh, oh, I'm, this is coming in hot. Um, oh, okay. We got breaking I'm, news. Yeah, while you were talking about Dan, which I, I knew, I, listen, keep it to the comment section, Dan. I get it. Um, I just jumped on Kanye's Instagram. Oh, well, what's happening? It, it's no okay. good. Oh, no. He's coming after Pete pretty hard. Uh, okay. So earlier this last week, I'm sorry, earlier last week, that's it. Last week I posted um, an old SNL skit that Pete Davidson did. Um, it was in 2018. Sure 2018. Okay. Yeah. But it was relevant and it did poke fun at Kanye saying he's off his meds. Now, very notably, Kanye deals with um, bipolar issues that he's very forthcoming with it all and everything. And so as Pete Davidson knows that he um, he struggles with a lot of mental issues as well. So he they're both very vocal about both of their issues, but it did poke a little funny. He's like, listen, I'm on them. I take them. I'm a better person when I do take them. He's like, take them like we it's good. It's good yeah. for you, you know? Well, just coming in hot, he is coming after Pete and saying with the SNL skit from 2018, I'm not, it sounds like he's kind of confused about when this SNL skit is because this is real time. This is uh, not real, real time. This is two hours ago, but we did. I didn't think to check his Instagram before we went on air. He says, this boy thought he could get away with performing this sketch for the team that that wrote this for him. This is not har- ha- this is not harassment. This is payback. What? Yeah, it's very confusing. And then he does another another screenshot of of the of the skit when Pete Davidson says I'm off the meds and says someone always telling you you're crazy can drive someone crazy. That's gaslighting. That's the harassment. The liberals have tried to discredit me for 20 years. It goes on. There's no punctuation, but he did take the caps lock off. So I guess that, that he's trying for that, but we, you're welcome to go to Kanye's Instagram and kind of search through it. I, we, I do find it very troubling. I, I do hope he's finding help and, and someone to confide in because uh, this is, this is spiraling and it, it is head scratching, but it isn't really funny. Um, no, it's not. I mean, there was a. I know we posted quite a few things on this past Monday because during the Super Bowl, there was a lot of things going on, uh, and Kanye was making you know posts about Kim and like posting and retweeting um, screenshots of the conversations that Kim and Kanye have had personally on you know via text message, which. Yeah, we said this last week and I, I will state this again. I'm like, this is not how you get your family back. Number one, she's told you she doesn't want to be with you. Respect that boundary. Respect her no. 
family or not, she has moved on and you have not made it easy for her and you're coming after it and you're shielding it with saying like, but I love my family so much. All I want to do is get back with my family. I'm always going to fight for my family. If you want to fight for your family, know when to say when. And Kim has said, no, thank you. I don't want to be romantically involved. I don't even want to be involved with you. I will co-parent with you. I am not trying to take your children away from you, but you need to take this seriously and you need to seek help. And Kanye can't do that. I mean, to the extent where he is, you know, kind of eliciting you know, people to poke fun at at Pete Davidson, which is her new boyfriend, and kind and of and coming like- after him. And like, this is dangerous. I mean, this is his, like, you're putting someone else's life at risk for the sake of, quote unquote, your family. This is not how you get your family to be in a safe place place. You should be communicating with your lawyers and her lawyers in regards to everything going forward. It should not be played out in social media. It shouldn't be played out anywhere other than a room with lawyers at this point, because you can't seem to have a rational conversation with anyone that isn't invoking manipulation or fear. And that is not how you get your family back. This is evidence to have his kids taken away. 100%. Does he not see that? Like this is, this is erratic behavior and it is timeline and he has scrubbed his Instagram. I know that we've, we've uh, several uh, times, several times in the past 72 hours. I mean, it's been quite crazy. I mean, he's even post elite, post elite. -elite, And I mean, it's, it's unsafe and it's, you know, it's putting, it's just, it's just not causing a conducive environment for his children nor himself. Like he's not doing his mental health any like favors by going down this rabbit hole of trying to, you know, attack Kim and attack her new boyfriend on social media. Like, it's just, I don't understand why he thinks that this is going to change anything. It's clearly, it's not. I do think it's a heavy, like a heavy scare tactic too. Like to Pete, like, this is what you're going to put up with. I'm not going to stop. Like, you know, I'm going to come after you. I'm going to keep going where he's just like enough is enough. Um, and honestly, if Pete ever said that, I'd be like, checks out. I would, I would probably do the same thing. Like I would, I mean, I, I don't know how much I would sign up for because and I don't know what their relationship is. I'm sure that, and I don't really feel like Kim's going to come out and say anything else additionally to this, but it's just very interesting to me. I've never seen something like this, the magnitude of these two people come out like this. I've never seen something like this in the, the I mean, like, Kim Basinger and, and Alec Baldwin kind of had this, but there was no social media back then. Now we can see these crazy thoughts come out in real time and it's disturbing, damaging, intriguing, and almost like a, it's like the fishbowl has been lifted and, and now it's like, they're all kind of swimming around us. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird time. Yeah, it really is. There was, um, I think this week on comments by celebs, if you guys don't listen to that and you need like a recap, if you're like, you guys, you're speaking way too much about something we don't know enough about, go and listen to their, their catch up on this. They do a really great thorough job, but they mentioned that Pete sends a text or I think it's a text to Kanye about like, I'm paraphrasing, like, you know, we, I'd like to work this out together. I'd like to, you know, try to come to an even ground on this. Um, like and, I, I haven't, I, I look forward to meeting the kids one day. Um, I'm, you know, I'm here to, to respect your relationship, like whatever. Like it was like a real, a real good text. Yeah. It was zoomed in really weirdly. So you had to kind of 
piece together what it was saying. Piece but together, yeah, piece together what it was said. But yeah, yeah. it's kind of like communicate with me. And Kanye's response was, you know, like, you'll never meet my kids, which if you go back and you think about this, like, remember a couple of weeks ago, we said that um, it was after that whole like Chicago's birthday party where he couldn't go and like he wanted to go to the house with his daughter because somebody wanted to show him something in their room. And he said that he couldn't get in because Pete was there and the bodyguards wouldn't let him in. Mm-hmm. And Kim was like, he's, he's never been to my house. He's, he's never met my kids. And he's like, you know, he's like, no, I couldn't get in because your boyfriend was there. That checks, just, out. that checks out. Like that checks out in the sense of Pete was not at that house during that time. And you know that, and you just said in this last text that you were like, you'll never meet my kids. So, you know, there's just a, there's a lot going on. And I think the, the, the biggest point that I hope we get to have, you know, made with this is the amount of like pretending you're doing this for your family. And like, that's the disguise that you have of like, but really you're looking for the control and the manipulation over a relationship that you no longer have control over. And I think this plays out with women and I'm, I'm sure men too, but like using the women and men example at this point. But how many times that women are bullied by these relationships that they've left that it, they're trying to, you know, disguise it as, but I still love you. I'm going to fight for you. Even though you've told me, no, I don't want to continue having a relationship for you. I'm never going to try to stop getting you back. And that's not okay. We need to start listening to these hard no's and these breakups as this is, I don't, I don't want this. And if maybe down the line you change your mind, then that's fine. But like, if she's saying no right now, you need to respect no right now. Also, what we always talk about is like the level of influence. Right now, he has 14 million followers. I mean, just that's just, I'm not saying it's they're not, all, hey, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure they're all love follows, but they're 14 million followers. So that's a lot of influence. And those are probably a lot of fans that stick by Kanye and, and you know, and ride or dies. That's where it gets really dangerous. So we're going back to like the dangerous thing. Like when you have that level of influence, you have to respect how powerful your words are. And that's where I think Kim was coming from in those texts. But it's very, it's very heartbreaking. I, I couldn't only imagine how difficult this is for Kim. I mean, I'm sure that she is uh, um, kind of reeling, but she has to play her cards right for this one because she can't let him spiral any more than he already is. Absolutely. And I think she's, I mean, obviously she's got a great support system behind her. I mean, she does have, you know, she did pass her bar. So, or I guess her mini bar. Um, so she knows the, the legal standings that, that come with this, but also she's like, nope, if this, if this is going to come up and bite anybody in the ass, it's not going to be me. Right. It's not going to be. And me. she's, she, every move she does is calculated. Um, mm-hmm. and she, and she knows what she's doing, stepping out. She's not, she's still going to live her life. I appreciate that. Like she chose not to be in LA during the Super Bowl. Good call. Yes. I think that was a brilliant call. Go to New York and be, be on opposite ends, literally. Because I think that was the best. I think that was good. I you know, she's, she's going to be photographed wherever she goes. I don't think that that was, you know, she still has to live her life. I don't, I'm not shaming her about going out, you know, She's been yeah. seen at the movie theater. Like she's, she's, she's allowed to go out, but at the Absolutely. same time, I'm, glad. I'm yeah. glad that she's still doing things, going out and doing what she wants to do because I bet mental stability right now is a threat. Yeah. And just like that, 
we are coming to the end of this podcast that we've got one more thing to talk about. Britt, we both did it. We, we have finished the first season of, and just like that. And we have some thoughts. It's our hot takes. It's our kind of, it's, we're not going to go through the whole series. We're just going to give our overall critique of the whole thing as it kind like just we're not gonna go episode by episode. We're just to say like how we thought it started and how it ended. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we have some thoughts. We, we did have some thoughts. I, I, we took some notes. So let's still go character by character. Okay. Right. We got to start. Let's start with Charlotte. Okay. This is probably, I thought Charlotte by far was the most consistent. Um, and the most, the one that I was like, this is still her. And I thought, yes. they, did, I thought they did a great job with that. Kristen Stewart. No, Kristen Davis. I always get them. Too I do too. <laughs> Kristen Davis did a great job. Um, even playing into the role, playing into the joke, uh, you know, several times, even about like her being kind of ostentatious or maybe even her being kind of like a little, um, a little criticizing the others. I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought in the way that she handled her real life, her, her real life problems and her own house. I thought, I thought her whole, her whole storyline was super relatable and a lot of it was fun. So probably my favorite, to be honest. I, I agree. I thought that Charlotte, this go around for me, I was like, yes, ma'am. I mean, you saw some growth. You saw quite a bit of growth. I thought in Charlotte with this, I mean, some things that she wasn't prepared to handle, but I felt like she did it with grace. And, you know, I, I, I think they did a, a great job of keeping very consistent with Charlotte's character, but also allowing her space for growth and watching like when she was put up to some of these challenges and and what she did to, to overcome them. I was like, okay, all right, this is pretty, you know, this is pretty spot on. And she wasn't, and I will say this for all the characters, like when they stepped in some sticky situations, I, I like that they allow these characters to stumble and I like that some of them fell yeah. down and like, you know, had to learn. And, you know, there was, I think, cause that's a, an honest conversation that a lot of us are having, especially when it comes to topics, you know, like race and, um, you know, with some gender questionable question, questioning, I guess, um, for her, for one of her daughters and how does she handle that? And I think having the most conservative of characters tackle this type of conversation was a really smart way to go with, with how they entered it, but also allowing them to not have sure footing as they, you know, kind of went in this uncharted territory. My one critique uh, was to the, her whole storyline is that I hated the way that their uh, rock could not, they went through a they mitzvah and then she, or they did not follow through with it. That pissed me off because <laughs> I'm like, no, you show up for your parents. Like your parents do a lot for you. Like, no, I, I, I had major issues for, with that because like, sometimes you just do it. You just go through the motions. Yes. There's so many things you don't agree with life, but like having parents and they're being supportive and they're trying to learn. I thought that was not cool. I was like, hell fucking no role reversal your daughters do that yeah <laughs> i'm into that bot, that they mitzvah i'm burning the shit down you ain't seen an attitude until you've seen me lose my shit if you're not going out there and saying the prayers and doing the things right and i mean in, i know in the in the in the jewish faith the this is the symbolizing of like coming into your own within your religion and you know it, it's a big commitment and it's also a big you know a big deal 
within this faith. So, you know, I watched this and I was like, oh, first of all, I don't know how she got this far along in her her religious counseling, so to speak, for her not to know what she's going to have to talk about for her they mitzvah. And I was like, did you not go to Hebrew school? Did you not do your Sunday school lessons? Like, you know, if you're just going, you're going to get that. You're going to get it in there. You know, like you it's difficult to do. I mean, you're speaking in Hebrew. Like there's a lot that goes in with this, but it's also like if you're just doing the work as you go, it's not that hard once you get there. Like, okay, I say that, but I haven't gone through one. So like, you know, I'm going to give her some grace on that. I do agree with you that the amount of work and planning that goes into these celebrations is a lot. And it does probably speak more to the parent than it does to the kid at this point. Just again, seeing what I've seen go behind the scenes and a lot of these, you know, parties, like they're, they're really expensive and there's a lot to do. Now, the whole point of throwing it is that you're celebrating the child going through the adulthood of, you know, this religion. So it's like, I get it. It's a dual, like you can't have one without the other. Um, I was really disappointed in Rock's decision not to go through with it. Um, but I also understand like if your parents are forcing you to go through religion and then you're asked to do this religious commitment at the end of something you didn't want to do anyway, I kind of get not wanting to do that too. So I was like, Hey, and that's cool. You you know what? You know what I would have said? All right. You don't have to go through with it, but every check out there, every cash filled card (laughs) is mine. Right. Let me tell you, I bet that that had to change real quick, real quick. Because if you're not going to go through the, I, yes, I'm throwing this part. It is your cup, but also you get the fruits of those labor, that labor. And that's all you. And I have known some hefty, some price tags on some parties, but also some nice little rewards with that. So I also know a handful of families that have taken those cards and paid themselves back for said party. Well, you know, I that also happens. I, so. that. I see. I, yeah, what? I would have done that. You, you, didn't get <laughs> you will not get that Apple watch. You will not get that. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Look at that new phone. I don't know. So who who else? Let's uh let's maybe go down the road with Miranda. Miranda, this um this season season one of just like that. It, she went through a lot of changes. She had she through life. She had a lot she of went, life thrown at her. I with Miranda because when I watched the whole series Sex in the City, Miranda was the one that like. I really liked Miranda and mm-hmm. it was for a lot of reasons because she was that cynical cornerstone, but also it kind of made me less guilty about watching a show about like just people living in New York. That wasn't, this was had zero honesty to it. It was like, she was the most honest of it all. Like I just believed her, her storyline the most, like it was kind of messy. She kind of stumbled through it. She was like, okay, I get pregnant. I don't know. There was something about it that made me feel like, all right, well, at least there's an, a Miranda in the story. I agree. And, and then that is when it took an ugly turn <laughs> with this guy. I thought she she started off strong. I was like, oh, this is going to go somewhere. But it was like they picked too much. They picked away. I mean, through her taking, going to, back to college. It's great. You can do that. I'm not saying that. But it's like her new self-discovery. She wanted to go back to college. She's kind of an alcoholic, but all of a sudden she's fine. That pissed me off. I'm like, because it really kind of downplayed if she, it was she an alcoholic or was she just not drinking too much? And then it's just all of a sudden they're drinking non-alcoholic wine and they're fine. 
Yeah, I did think that was a little interesting. I mean, because I think that was a very relatable storyline to what was happening to a lot of women and even men coming out of quarantine and and in the pandemic of like, it became a nightly ritual that we would find comforts in something that felt comforting. And a lot of it, like, I know we went through a lot of wine and I know that, you know, at some point we were like, we can't drink any more wine. We have wined all we're going to wine. We cannot drink any more of the wines right now. Um, And then, you know, like having her little dessert ritual that she had with Steve, I thought, you know, I'm like, I can see that being a comfort that a lot of people leaned into during that time. And I do think that this was probably an awakening for a lot of people in the same realm and that she felt of like, huh, I didn't let that go. Did I, maybe I, maybe I don't need to drink this much. I mean, for her to like, there were a couple scenes where she goes into a bar like before an interview and she orders a glass of Chablis, which by the way, I didn't know what that was. And I was like, why is she ordering this at not just this, but it's also at, you know, at Big's funeral, they had Chablis. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but apparently it's a white wine. Do you, have you ever had it? Have you ever had it? No, and I hang out with some bougie ass wine drinkers. Yeah, they probably, now, they now gave I'm, it to me at some point, and I should have really enjoyed it. And I probably was like, mm, I'm <laughs> going to crazy out. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, because she just ducks off into this random bar at one point and they have it there. And then they have it at a funeral, which I was like, is it that common that they're having it at a funeral and a random sidebar? But I'm like, sidebar in New York, maybe it's fancier than, you know, where we live. I don't know. It did make me want to try it. I'm like, 100% the opposite this? of what it was supposed to do, probably. But right. yeah. It did not steer me away. It made me lean in. I was like, what is this? Um, But I do find it, I did think it was interesting how, you know, there is a pivotal moment in the story where she gets a book about how to quit like a woman. And I think it's like how to quit drinking. Um, And she gets really pissed because she thinks Charlotte sends her this book. And later it comes to the revelation that it was a drunk purchase that she, she bought during, you know, one of her nights of like scrolling with wine. I think we're all guilty of that, um, where you buy something, you're like, huh, I didn't know I had that. So at some point she even noticed that she had a problem. And I think that that was for her, that full circle moment of like, okay, I would like to stop doing yeah, this. And I, I do like, recognize I have it, a problem that I'd like to address. Yeah. And then it's also like, okay. And I think with, if you're going to point out such powerful things that we probably were all going through and that we always, we all felt like kind of, Ooh, I can relate then it just like drops off. I feel like it's just, it, it kind of, I don't know. It rubs me wrong. I didn't love that. Um, Did you it, want her to go through like a process with it or I just kind of at, at least like them talk about it more. Like, and I'd hated one time Carrie was like, kind of downplayed it. She was like, well, I guess I'll save my story for another time. Cause now you're an alcoholic. And I was like, damn. I mean, it, it's, it, it was just, wow. We can't, we can't just, uh, pause for a second it was it, actually the whole series just felt or this whole season felt very very rushed I do think it's going to come back for another season I don't think they'll leave it off like this it was not like a mega hit for them but, oh, but it, it was Brittany I do have a stat on that real quick Hang on, oh sorry. it was I do oh. yeah um it was revealed that and just like that has been HBO Max most successful original series to date yeah, so but it had the most viewership that they have had of any original series. So they are looking to fast track season two, but it is in the um in the kind of in the court of Sarah Jessica Parker and the guy who writes the show. Like it'll be up to them, but because they have so much momentum. Now, just because people pressed play on the show doesn't mean everybody loved it. So you have to kind of look at like, you know, 
it's the most downloaded show they've ever had, but it doesn't mean that that was the most liked show they've ever had. Oh no. I mean, people were hate watching it Yeah, because a lot of, I mean, we listen to a ton of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I don't really know one podcast that is giving this stellar reviews. I mean, kind of across the board, everyone's like, a lot of it's not right. And they're pointing out a lot of the same things that we've, we have been talking about offline. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think it's kind of shocking, but if they are smart, they would get fast track it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's fast track. So definitely Seema took on the Samantha role. Would you kind of agree with yes, that? Yes, I do agree with that. I think she was that, you know, boss bitch that was like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to smoke when they tell me not to. I'm going to have, you know, gallivant around and have sex with people. I, that's great. You know, girl, you do you. And she's not committed. And, you know, she's just kind of living her life unapologetically. And I loved that type of energy and character because I think the show needed that. There's so much like unsteadiness with each character that what Seema brought was a lot more like anchor into, you know, and again, it wasn't anchor into the friend group. It was an anchor for Carrie. And Carrie is a very codependent character. Like she's, um, you know, she's very codependent with Samantha, but then you see her, you know, really lean into Miranda. Um, She felt a lot of, fast comfort, fast friendship with Seema. And she's, I think she's always kind of been the same realm with, um, with Charlotte. I don't think, I mean, I feel like they've always had like a very safe relationship, but I wouldn't consider that to be Carrie's like deepest friendship in the group. Yeah. She needs like Charlotte to send out like invitations for her. Like that's what she needs her. It's her worker bee. You know, I agree with you. I think that, Seema, Seema, I really liked. I hope she comes back. I think that she will. There was a lot that I, I really enjoyed about her. I thought that her overall demeanor was great. I She made smoking a cigarette look like a goddamn ice cream cone. And I was like, how did you do that? I don't even like to smoke, but that looks really good. But like, you know, was- that I'm so glad you said that because Dan and I had this conversation. It's like, why are they even bringing this back? I'm like, I don't know. Is Marble like a, a sponsor of the show? Like, do, are they are they a producer? And we just don't know. Like, why? I know that was such a prevalent, even character, I'm going to say, um, you know, Carrie's smoking habit was a character in Sex in the City because it, it happened in every episode and it was part of like her personality. And it just kind of became like this fifth wheel to the friendship type deal. Um, right. And it was interesting that they brought it back because they didn't need to like, it, it, the show would have been fine without smoking, but it was just so like, there were just moments that I was like, why? Yeah. It's like, that's why? what you bring back. Like why that's bring that back. Moment? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I thought she looked great smoke. I mean, honestly, I hate to break it to you like that would, I mean, she's like Joe Campbell. She looked yeah. great. <laughs> her role. Yes. It, it was like amazing. I was really into it because I was like, I could see this. I could see me meeting this bitch and like, be like, Man, I kind of want to sing right now. Yeah, I think but it kind of shows. Yeah. I, I never. <laughs> yeah, it kind of shows like the power of a persuasive friendship. Like you know, when you meet somebody cool, and you're like, "Yeah, I'll, I don't like red wine, but I'll drink it because you're offering." Sure, that's that's great. Kind of in that same situation where you're like, you know, trying to fit into a friendship a little bit faster, just to kind of create that like. um that sense of camaraderie. I, I kind of feel like that same, like when Carrie gets in the car with her and she's like, I don't smoke, but I will. And it's like, okay. Damn, I'll take, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <I'll see> you. <laughs> you know, like you've been off those for like 25 years and all of a sudden you're like, 
I'll take another hit. <laughs> like, oh, okay. That was fast. Yeah, was I mean, but also I think too, she's just lost her husband. So like trying to find something that feels like comfort or like, I mean that again, that cigarette was her relationship for such a long time that I'm sure it did feel like, you know what? This does feel like old times. This kind of makes me feel a little bit more like how I used to feel prior to, you know, losing my husband. Right. I, I do agree you with know. you. It was just an interesting like Element. dynamic that I saw. So, um, and then let's get to Carrie real quick. All right. We have a lot break of thoughts about Carrie. We do have a lot of thoughts on Carrie. Let's oh. just break it down. Carrie's okay. a narcissist. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, and how much they really leaned into it more there, during this whole season, I was blown away because it's almost like, oh, you, you didn't grow. You reverted backwards. Yes. It's like there was her, she has zero empathy chip. She wanted everyone to be involved around her. The world revolved around her and what, whatever was going on. It was a, it, it was interesting. It had me scratching my head because, you know, it wasn't too, like the first episode wasn't too far removed, but then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. It's like, it's like she had to remind us that her husband died. And I was like, yeah, we, we saw that episode. We, we yeah. were there. Right. I will say, I think my favorite moment of Carrie where I felt like it was growth, but it was also probably the most believable were the conversations that Carrie had with Charlotte about Lily. Like when Lily was, um, you know, she has her own Instagram account that she didn't tell her mom about. And she's, you know, she's in these like, you know, semi-sexy workout clothes. And Charlotte's like, she doesn't even work out. And, and Carrie's like, it's workout clothes. Like it could be a lot worse. It's workout wear. And, you know, it kind of like brings Charlotte down a little bit. And, you know, there's a point where Lily is helping catalog all of Carrie's clothes and helping her with this kind of stuff. And, you know, I felt like that was the most honest place Carrie came from when she gave Lily that place of like, come to my house, get away from your mom. I know you're going to mean this, but like, she was also able to have a very open and honest conversation with Charlotte that Charlotte took very well, given that Carrie doesn't have children of her own. So it's not like I'm giving you motherly advice. I'm just giving you like outside, like mom, you need to step off and give your, your daughter a little bit of space to grow here. And I'm going to be a safe space to let her, you know, happen with that. So I like that whole dynamic. I was like, I love this. And like, I, I hope, and I know that I had that like with you, but you don't live right next door anymore for my kid just to go to your house. But like, if I need to ship my kid off to your closet to <laughs> help catalog things, like I know that I could. Um, but I just found like that being like one of the most authentic moments of the show is how that relationship and like that conversation really helped Charlotte in a need that didn't have anything to do with Carrie. And I really like that. Yeah, but like you know, there's that's a that is a one bedroom studio apartment. What are they gonna do? Share a bed? Like that was like you you know you're not sharing a bed with that teenager. So that was the part I was quite removed about. I'm like, let me know the sleeping arrangements because yeah. I know you're a narcissist ass ain't gonna sleep with that kid. But yeah. I do agree with you. That was a cool little dynamic and um and that was an interesting like social media, like she found her Finsta or her fake Insta account, and I was like, yeah. damn. <laughs> like dance for life yeah that is real life yeah and I, I I feel like they gave all the real life stuff and maybe it's because we have kids so like that's kind of like we can relate to it more I don't know but like I felt like Charlotte's line were the most believable out of all of it right um I do so the one thing it's just it, it, just Carrie kind of got worse over time and then all of a sudden she's in Paris 
throwing Biggs ashes. And that was another being like, what are we doing? What? What? It was so head scratching, head scratching. Was there a moment that I missed that happened between Big and Carrie in Paris? Yeah, they kissed after after she broke up with Alec and and basically Big like you're my love and they they kiss in this bridge. Well, that's fine, but it's just I think for watchers of or or lovers of the original Sex in the City, it was just like, yeah, but it just it just seemed like a hail mary for me, and I just didn't love it. It just seemed like I'm going to put on this dress, I'm going to have issues. And then I'm going to get on my phone. I, I just didn't like it. I, I felt like it was so forced. It was such a forced. I think there were so many things that they could have done. And probably they did. Because I think there's a lot of different probably endings that they shot for this show. And they were like, okay, I'll just make this one. This has to be it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do. Okay, you're right. I, I mean, at some point, too, I was like, did they just want to take a trip to Paris and write it off on HBO? Is that why they're in Paris right now? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I thought like they left all of that. So un like wrapped up. Like, I mean, she has this text conversation with Samantha. Are we just assuming that they went off and they had a drink together because it never says that they did, but it doesn't say that they didn't. And then yeah. all of a sudden she's back in New York and she has her own podcast, which by the way, as two podcasters, we were like, how does she get her own podcast? Because she was the quietest one out of that group. And she really didn't say that much, but that was in depth. That was like, yes, she needs to have her own show. Like she didn't carry right. the show. So I don't understand why they just gave her a podcast. I don't know. It was terrible. It, it, no one goes. Okay. First of all, this guy coming up to her, that the fucking producer, the producer super fucking was like, just overall, I'm like what, what's going on on my TV screen. Can't look away. But the fact that he comes up and is like, hey, um, you have a lot of talent. I'm like, write it down. Where did you see the talent? <laughs> whatever you're putting out, you, you definitely cut on the editing room floor. And people just don't come up to you too. Like, <laughs> like that. Like, you have talent. Like, we need to put you on your own podcast. And then, okay, there's two main things. First of all, the worst breakup ever. She, she gets asked, what's your worst breakup ever? And then she said, my husband died. That's not a breakup. That's not a yeah, breakup. That's not a breakup. That is a very tragic event that happened to you. And yes, we are very sorry. But Carrie, you had one of the most iconic breakups in the history of television. You got broken up to with a post-it note. Where was that story? I was waiting. I was like, she's going to say it. She's going to say it. It's going to happen. She didn't say it. You mm. went, You said, I win because I, my husband died. And I'm like, oh, God. Well, we get it. You always win every conversation. Yes, right. you're sad. Yes, you're sad. Now, and okay, so then we're going to fast forward. And then she's like asked about, can you find love again? Uh, her first podcast back. Okay. She's like, can I find love again? And can I, can this happen for me? And her advice is basically in a nutshell, I don't know. What kind of advice is that? Yeah. How can you have an advice column and say, I don't know. No, you do know because someone's asking you and that's what you get paid to do. Right. I hated that. I hated everybody. I know you hated that. I honestly, I didn't mind. I mean, I didn't have the strong feelings that you have against hating it. I thought it was a really honest answer because for different people, I think it's right. Like, I don't know if it's going to happen for you again. I don't know if, you know, if you get a second chance, I don't, I don't know. So I thought that was probably the most honest thing that she said the entire show. I didn't like that. They're calling it 
sex in the city right out of the gate because she ain't having any sex. She didn't even like she forced a fit with a kiss that was so cringeworthy to watch when she went on that date with that poor man. I was like, I can't watch this. I can't watch it. Now, she redeemed herself at the end of the episode or at the end of the season when they get in that elevator and that kiss. I was like, whoa. I mean, it came out of nowhere, but like, came out of nowhere, but I was happy. I was yes. happy it happened. I, I was like, that might, that guy might come back. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's have him back on the show. But outside of that, I was like, why are we calling this sex in the city? Because you're not dating right now. Right. I mean, and maybe that's how they're setting it up for season two. At least maybe I, I hope that that's how it's going to happen. I'm not really sure, you know, like, cause that, this could be a great segue into the Tinder swindler, which we'll get to next week. Cause we're going to run out of time here, but like, unless she going on a date with somebody like this, then I'm like, I don't know, Carrie, I don't really know how I feel about this sex in the city column or podcast that you're going to be talking about when you're not even really sure you want to be dating. Right. She's like on the fence about getting out and yeah. that's going to be that way, but it was just not the storyline that I wanted to see. And it's just basically like she's on cruise control through her life and everyone else is just having to zip around her. And I'm just like, didn't love it. Didn't love it. But you know, yeah. Let me ask this. Will you watch season two? Absolutely. I will hate watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely hate it. Because I always find. You hate like, watch it? Oh, you just, you didn't like it that much that you're going to no, hate watch? I did, but like that's, I'm not going to be excited to watch it, but I'll definitely press play because I want to see. I'm curious. Yeah. Because yes. the, the backlash is kind of harsh and people are coming out and saying a lot of things. So I'm interested to see what they'll take from it and what they'll, what they'll change, what they'll keep. So. Yeah. Curious. Curious sure. minds. You want to know. This has been a long one. Thanks for being here, guys. Yes. Feel free to drop us a line in the email or Instagram, DMs, comment section. I don't care. Listen, Dan drops it in Shannon's kitchen. I know. It's like, keep give it us to the comment the- section, not to the kitchen, Kessler. What are you doing in here? Get out of here with that. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, we'd love to know what you think. If, if you loved and just like that, what do you think about the Kardashians? We just love it. Uh, definitely hit the subscribe and like and Follow all the things because you help us out and we like it. And we'll see you next week, friends. Bye. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.